Hello and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. Today is Saturday and this is the fourth week since the Epiphany. We begin our time of prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hand are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various words by the prophets, but in these last days, God has spoken to us by the Son. A reading from Deuteronomy chapter 3, beginning this morning at verse 23. At that time, too, Moses said, I entreated the Lord, saying, O Lord God, you have only begun to show your servant your greatness and your might. What God in heaven or on earth can perform deeds and mighty acts like yours? Let me cross over to see the good land beyond the Jordan, that good hill country, and the Lebanon. But the Lord was angry with me on your account and would not heed me. The Lord said to me, Enough from you. Never speak to me of this matter again. Go up to the top of Pishkah and look around you to the west, to the north, the south, and to the east. Look well, for you shall not cross over this Jordan, but charge Joshua and encourage and strengthen him, because it is he who shall cross over at the head of this people, and who shall secure their possession of the land that you will see. So we remained in the valley opposite Beth Peor. And with that, I would imagine... Also with tears in his eyes, Moses ends his review of all that the Lord has done up until this time, that is, up until this reading and renewal of the covenant that follows. This reading and renewal is for the next generation, the generation that will cross the Jordan and take possession of this good land, God's great and abundant gift for God's people. What remains for Moses is the handing over of all that the Lord has entrusted to him, and first among these things is Torah itself. The leader of Israel is not a warlord or a conqueror, but the one who leads God's people 
into the righteousness that comes from hearing, believing, and doing all that God has commanded. But before we rush ahead, let's take some time to just simply stand here beside Moses at the top of this mountain. From this vantage point, he has the clarity to see all that God intends to give God's people. And that is no small gift. And yet, Moses will not see it come about. He has had a taste of what is to come as he has witnessed God give King Sion and King Og into Israel's hands. But that is the extent of what he will see in this life. Moses will die on this side of Jordan and the rest with the rest of his generation. The new generation has risen up and taken their place, and now Joshua will be their leader and lead them into that promised land. But there's a lot to consider as we stand here beside Moses and look out over the promised land. God's work spans generations, thousands and thousands of years. There is no one human lifetime, not even Moses's, that's long enough to, that can, it can comprehend it. And so we have been each given our gifts in our time and in our generation to love God and to love our neighbor and to bear witness to God's ongoing work in the world, to follow where God is leading, and to be faithful to the Lord who has loved us and rescued us. Moses has reached his limit. He has reached his end. He must trust the future to God and rest now in faith. Moses tells us also that the Lord is angry with him, that the Lord's mind will not be changed when it comes to Moses crossing the Jordan. And at the same time, who among God's servants is more loved than Moses? Who is more closer to God's heart than Moses? Very few, if any. God's anger might close the door to certain possibilities for God's servants, but God's anger never separates them from God's love for them. Come to think about it, I think all the great heroes of the faith all fall short in their own way, all sin, all fall short of the glory of God, and, and to a certain extent fall also under God's anger. And yet, at the same time, God remains faithful to them as they return and stay with and connected to God. So God's anger is not the opposite of God's love. It's something very different. Anger need not always be about hatred or indifference, especially maybe not punishment. And maybe that's what we can see going on between God and Moses here on the mountain. That, as we look at that, can also change the way we see and understand what is happening on the cross. We think of God's anger as some kind of punishment, but it it really seems to be much more of about closing the door of one possible future. And at the same time, God's faithfulness, love, and grace, even as God closes one possible future, opens the door to another possibility that in the end promises to exceed all that might have been given otherwise, all that might have happened in another time. Think of all the possibilities for saving God's people that actually die with Jesus on the cross. The image of the warrior Messiah being one. But imagine the abundant and even more glorious future that rises from the grave in the start of something new that God is doing. How might Jesus 
be like Moses in his death and like Joshua in his resurrection, so to speak. The end of something at the cross. And from that end of something emerges something new. For us, however, it may simply be enough for us today to simply remember the ways in which Jesus teaches us to trust in the Lord and in God's unending love for us, a love that is always opening the door to new possibilities for life in Christ. And also, the faithfulness that Moses actually does enter, the land that God promised through Jesus, through his death, and through his resurrection. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, and you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation for the forgiveness of sins. In the tender compassion of our God, The dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord, who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the new creation in Christ and all gifts of healing and forgiveness, for the communion of faith in your church, for the gift of relationship with others. For what else are we thankful today? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world, heal the hurts of all of your children, and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land and for the people, the leaders, the ministries of St. Paul's Lutheran Church. For those who govern the nations of the world, for people in countries ravaged by strife or warfare, for all who are working to bring about peace and international harmony, for all who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction, For what else or for who else do we pray? Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome in adversity. In all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you, now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the afflicted. Honor all people. Love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.